and welcome to environmental podcast, The Age of Plastic, with your wannabe sustainable friend, me, Andrea Fox. Thanks so much for listening to Series 3. On this episode, some parts of all the conversations that you've heard on this series that were interesting, but maybe I just didn't think we had time for on the episodes. Also, some frank chat about my eco-failings this series. Let's kick things off with Lisa from Bolt Beauty, a carbon-neutral company. So, oh, that's a really good question. I think, um, I guess, under sort of each of these, um, uh, like, standards, uh, there is sort of, like, a technical definition. Mm -hmm. Um, That's probably not a legal definition, which might be a bit tricky because um, you would, I guess, uh, it would be very much dependent on what it is you're testing and and how you're testing it. But I, I definitely think, you know, even if it's not quite legal, like a, a decent glossary that everyone knows it's the same thing. But the problem is that, you know, marketers aren't subject to uh, legal definitions. And, you know, if, I guess if it would be true that if I launched a wooden product, it would be biodegradable, even yeah. if it's going to take, that's, that's not untrue. Um, so I think, it, it, in my view, it's about sort of consumers really understanding that and brands trying to be as forthcoming as possible about, you know, both the, the, you know, the benefits of their products and if there are any shortcomings, those as well, because that's only how we understand and, and produce better things. Yeah, completely. I could totally agree with you. And I think a lot of people who are wanting to buy beauty are probably worried that that biodegradable might mean, oh, it's plastic that then just breaks down into lots of microplastic because that's another exactly. thing that people say. And they don't mean biodegradable in the terms that the consumer means. Because like you say, marketeers don't necessarily know sometimes or they're sort of exactly. hiding behind people not necessarily um, knowing as well. Now, since we spoke, there is apparently talk of a new British standard for biodegradable plastic these products will have to prove that they break down into harmless wax containing no microplastics. Uh, Links to that in the show notes. Now, is this podcast carbon neutral? Maybe you're wondering. I have absolutely no idea. I work from home and I use a renewable energy provider, so I guess we can rest assured as far as that goes, but it's definitely something I need to look into more. When I spoke to Tommy Eaton on this series from Bamboo Brush, we talked a little bit about the 1% for the planet and their charity donations. For us, it's very, it's really important. It shows that whole message and it's a, a bigger picture than just a product. Yeah, and um, it brings it home to people, doesn't it, when you can say, and yeah. especially it's a lovely thing to be able to gift to someone and be like, this is what your, this little thing is going to be able to achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, 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 it's, and it's really important for us. It's, I guess it goes back to when we lived specifically in Asia, people have so little, but they're so generous and they give so much, even though they're probably earning like a dollar a day or I don't even know what, but Mm. like, and we're here in the West, not living it up, but I mean, I would, I just love to be in the position to give back. So, and I think we should all, there's a lot of good companies out there that do that. And I aspire to be something similar. Yeah, definitely. Be lovely as well if companies just paid their tax uh, and and were one, 1% for the planet. I think that's a lovely thing, but a bit of me is always like... Oh, yeah. Do you know about 1% of the planet? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about making sure that I donate, for, not that I'm making money from this podcast, but donate yeah. sort of on behalf of the podcast, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. 
but that's a yeah one percent plant's a great one yeah it is i i had a i had a meeting with him last week actually ah great um, not last week i lie two weeks ago um <laughs> but we're definitely going to be on board with what they do and i think it's incredible and i just read his book yvonne I can never say yes. his name. You know, no, I can't. Patagonia. The French it, from Patagonia. Yeah. 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 Amazing. I need to get that because it's one of the ones I haven't read yet. But yeah, sounds amazing. What a brilliant company. No, it is. Yeah, it is. Really is. And it's um, I, it's just you can take little nuggets and adapt it to whatever, whichever business you do. But I mean, it's just incredible. Like you heard, I was thinking about a Patreon to give away like 1% to the planet um, or doing that somehow via the podcast. Honestly, I just don't really think Patreon would work for me because I just feel really uncomfortable about asking people for cash. But I am going to look at a way that I can donate in some other way, either by like download numbers or reviews and maybe convert that into donations to environmental charities or planting trees. How about that? More on that on the next series. So onto my COVID-19 coronavirus eco fails. I have got a reusable mask, so I've avoided that one. And I've avoided the issue of those blue throwaway ones littering the streets. I mean, it is technically a biohazard, as I mentioned to one of our guests on this series. And I honestly feel like we are getting rid of women's tampons and pads in those sunny bins way more carefully than something that actually might have COVID on it. I did chat about the period pants thinks with our guest, Victoria Poon from Alpaca, plastic-free sustainable coffee. And here's a little bit that we didn't fit into her episode about her background in food. Really, the background to that is that I lived in China for three years. And one of the new kind of trends that was coming out at that time, um, it kind of speaks to the convenience that people are turning to now as humans. Mm. Um was the delivery services and basically Mm. what that meant was that there were these apps coming out in china where more and more delivery services were offering consumers with a quick and easy way to access food and so what that meant and unfortunately there was a huge uh aftershock of that after effect you could say from that where huge amounts of plastic waste were being produced and just for an idea of scale, every, every person who generally worked in an office or generally worked from home would use these delivery apps and they would then order their food and they would throw away the plastic. And mm. it was almost every single person in big cities. Wow. And you can imagine how large the population is in China. So yeah. this was a huge problem. And that's actually where the journey kind of got started. After that, it kind of became clear that plastic pollution, specifically in China, was a big issue. And once that kind of clocked in my mind, it soon became clear, okay, what can we do? How can we educate people on this issue? And what are some things that we could tackle? Mm. And I think the big thing really was that there was uh, uh, this age of convenience. And people were turning to something that was fast and easy, but not necessarily thinking about the after effect of having this convenient habit. And Mm. so that's essentially how the Sustainable Food Project was born. And really with that project, I came together with a team of people who really cared about these issues, such as zero waste, food 
problems, we had plastic pollution problems, and it really just stemmed with that one issue of so many people were doing takeaways that there was such a huge plastic pollution problem that we just had to do something about it. So came together as a team, there were three of us, um, and essentially we decided to run a two-day event. It was like a pop-up. And hmm. with that pop-up, we came together with um, some really amazing key influencers in the community. There was a lady uh, who was working with the world's 50 best restaurants. Uh, we were working with chefs. And essentially from that two-day event, it was a huge success. We had panel discussions. We had interactive food dining experiences. And that really got people thinking, okay, how do I improve my food habits? And how can I reduce my plastic waste? And so a huge part of that event was, okay, let's cook more, encourage people to bring their lunches to work. And and that's kind of how it really sparked. And then as time went on, I created another event with the Danish consulate in Shanghai where we worked with a Danish chef. And um, Denmark is really, they're very proud of their food, actually. They have amazing food. Yeah. And the, actually Denmark is one of the most, sustainable countries in terms of food production wow and, yeah and it was so interesting to work with uh the consulate there to work with a danish chef who actually came over from denmark and set up his own restaurant and wow. we just really wanted to run an initiative where we could show people you can have really delicious food and you don't have to create such a big waste footprint um yeah. and so we ha ran this initiative basically and we had you know, around 30 to 50 people dining with us. It was a kind of like a high-end high dining experience as well. So that was the point, is to show people that you can have really great food. It doesn't have to have a huge environmental impact. And it was just a really amazing experience to do this. Uh, and also the, the best part was seeing people really interacting with the issues at hand and mm. really trying to understand and educate themselves so the sustainable food project was essentially, you know, how can we raise awareness on food issues, plastic issues, and also allow people to have fun and enjoy mm. themselves and to, yeah, because food is meant to be an enjoyable experience. And right. it's not like, you're not there to just, you know, sit through a two hour lecture. You're there to interact <laughs> with people, enjoy a meal. And also there's that kind of undercurrent of uh, sustainability sustainability issues going through the evening. So that was a lot of fun to do. Victoria from Alpaca Coffee there. And speaking of food, uh, we did get takeaway a few times during lockdown. I don't really have any of those apps, you know the ones I mean, because basically I'm happy with toast or eating things from jars. That's how I live. Those takeaways do often come in plastic tubs. You may have heard one of my eco-life hacks is to try and find something in a plastic if you do have to buy it that's in like a hard pot because it's going to be more easy to reuse once you've washed it out and hopefully recycle. But here's another top tip when it comes to takeaways. Just get pizza. Pizza is delicious and they come in pizza boxes. On to Nicole now from Stitcher. Um, we holidayed at home here in the UK this year. Um, and we went down to Cornwall and Devon, which is exactly where Nicole from Stitcher is from. And I did say on the podcast that I cut out the bit about her talking about her new podcast. But here's a little snippet of it. It's all going to be about embracing and sharing ideas in the tiny space community. 
we're um, setting up our own podcast as well. Um, and it's four tiny spaces. That goes back to your question of um, what was it like with the whole lockdown for COVID. And there was a guy out in the north of um, north of well, everywhere's north Cornwall, but <laughs> I think it was in I think it was all Northumbria or something like that. Um, and um, he set up a thing called uh, the Great British Camp Off. And the Great British Camp Off was um, about camping, whether it was in your house, um, in your living room, on your driveway, if you had a van, if you had a tent, anything. And it was all to raise money for the NHS. And we took part in it um, in the van conversion when it was just a shell um, and set up a mattress and everything. And um, from that, I decided to test um just doing a instagram live um with a lovely couple um, called our cornish adventures and they um they spoke to us and we basically had a tour of their tiny space um and it was really interesting to see how popular it was um and how much people enjoyed having that sort of voyeuristic like look into someone's space and to get ideas and and the sort of sustainable element and an idea world that that can like encompass um and so from that um as a test we knew that we wanted to do a podcast of it um obviously it's different with the the video live where you have like a, a virtual uh, tour but there's a lot of aspects that we can, can bring to it especially with the whole side of tiny space living and i think it's i think it's really inspiring for our community to be inspired by adventures and other people who live in tiny spaces and um throughout the lockdown we've been doing like little questions and meetings with different people and small companies and they tell us what they love about stitch and why they love the sustainability factor and and what what inspires them about their travels and their tiny spaces and um, or what spaces they would like to live in um and that's what will be encompassing the podcast um so i think that's really exciting so that is something that's a really positive element that has come out of the, co- the whole COVID lockdown. Nicole Herridge from Stitcher there. And now on to my biggest lockdown eco-regret so far, I think, for 2020. When the pubs reopened here in the UK, I lived pretty much next door to one. And they started doing takeaway. I was giddy. They had plastic. They wouldn't let me bring my own glass and they wouldn't let me reuse one of their plastic ones. But it didn't stop me from buying those beers. So now I own... I'd say about 15 bioplastic pint glasses. I have brought them all home. I've decided it's my waste, my problem. Um, I'm going to probably be getting in touch with the people who make this particular one because, as we've heard from the likes of Lizzie Carr and our guests on this series as well, like Lisa from Bolt Beauty, George from Clean and Proud Malawi, biodegradable plastic is not necessarily the answer in the swap we need. Talking of George from Clean and Proud Malawi, um, his episode, we spoke about the issues of waste disposal, especially plastic in the African country. And I wonder whether the recent news about this plastic eating enzyme, have you heard about this? Whether that's a good or a bad thing for sustainability, because if our plastic waste can just be eaten away, will we actually slow down our production of plastic? More on that exciting enzyme news in the show notes. Also in lockdown... I bought a car. It's not my biggest regret. Because I really enjoy being able to get around. I just do. 
It's our friends. It's an old automatic. No, it's not electric. It's petrol. I do feel super guilty about it. But then I saw a post from Arja Barber pointing out that 100, just 100 corporations are responsible for 71% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Just think on that a second. So putting the climate crisis on individuals without flagging this just really seems pointless. We all have our part to play, but me, Andrea from London, not owning an electric car is not the tipping point. Better, not perfect, right? In everything. Another fan of sustainable writer and influencer Arja Barber was this series guest, Ashling Byrne, one of the founders of Clothes Sharing and Swapping App New. I just loved our chat. I think I put out pretty much every single second of it. I'm really hoping we sort out a Zoom drink at some point. But we did have a chat about music that she studied before starting the Clothes Sharing app new. What are you, what you listening to music-wise then? Oh, I, I want to say Beyonce. I'm such a... Um, I should be kind of a music snob where I'm like, I know what real music is, but I just love the UK Top 40 and I'm like... Beyonce I work for two like, <laughs> AC like, pop stations in the UK. I love oh, it. Oh, I just... I love it and like when I was in when I was in university like studying it obviously you'd have to be you know learning about baroque music and like experimental music and I'd just be like yeah Ariana Grande like Jason Derulo give me me Joel Corey and Eminem get it in my head I love that tune I love them both they seem so fun yeah and then just I think podcasts as well so like the guilty feminist I'm obsessed with um and New York Times the Daily oh yeah the Daily I'm so Michael that's everything you need to know today <laughs> so, so funny i'm so glad my friend got me into that one it's such a good one i know same <laughs> so good i will link to those podcasts and some more in the show notes to keep you entertained whilst i have a little break but before i leave you i know sad face this winter i am so excited to say that i'm going to be joining pebble magazine's virtual future fest This is going to be held on the 7th and 8th of November. Normally around winter, Pebble put on beautiful in real life events with gorgeous marketplaces. There's going to be that, but it's all going to be done online. There'll be a huge ethical marketplace and loads of talks and discussions. It's going to be brought to you by Treedom, supported by Borough Wines and Karma. And it will run over two days, as I mentioned, the 7th and 8th of November. And as well as these discussions, there's also going to be a podcast stage of the first ever time, including me doing a panel chat, which I will organise and tell you more about on the next series. If you're interested in this, I will put the link to the tickets in the show notes. And you can get early bird tickets from £4 currently, plus VAT and picking fee. Okay, thanks so much for listening to the Age of Plastic podcast. I would love to know your thoughts on this series, maybe any stories that you found interesting, any products that you found amazing that you really want to tell me about, possibly any guests that you would absolutely love to hear from in the next series. Get in touch, don't be a stranger, come and join the chat online. You can email me through my website, iamandreafox.co.uk, find me on Twitter, Andrea underscore Fox, or come and chat to me on Instagram, Age of Plastic Podcast is one account this podcast and my own is hello i am andrew fox and if you'd like to leave us a review please head to apple Podcasts and hit the five stars apparently it helps people find us i'll see you next time on the age of plastic podcast